Thank you, worship team. Uh, thank you for uh, drawing us before our God, uh, reminding us of uh, what it's true about Him. It's great to be with you today. Uh, we're coming to the end of our study in Second Thessalonians. This is our second to last message. And uh, I don't know if you're like this, but maybe you're leaving uh, your kids. You're leaving your kids, you're going away to college, or you're visiting your kids and your grandkids. You're you're getting ready to go, and you're packing up the car, and uh, but there's there's a couple of last things that you want to tell them, and sometimes those conferences go on in the driveway, right? Those are those last words that you want to say, and we come to that uh, in this uh, in this uh, letter, really the second of two letters. These are combined; these come together as I said this, and now I'm saying this, and. He comes to the end of this letter and he gives him uh, really uh, last message we looked at last week of working hard to take care of our needs, to have quiet work. And then this week, uh, we'll look at our message this morning. And then next week, we're going to be looking at the peace that comes from God. And so we're just taking a few verses this morning, but I, I trust that I wanted to slow down here because I felt like it was so important for where we are at. Um, and hopefully uh, you will understand this uh, as we look at God's Word. I, I want to tell you that we come to the end of this study, and some of the things that uh, you need to think about as he comes to conclusion is this, uh, is that he is sharing with a young church, uh, a church of young believers, people who haven't know the, known the Lord long. And what that is in your minds, if you can put it in your minds, is the idea that you don't know what it looks like. I know that's very important for some of you, you're first generation believers, and so you're constantly looking around going, what does it look like to follow after Christ? How can I have a, a picture of what that is? And so uh, this is what he is giving them. He is giving them this picture. In our book, uh, are these two letters that we have shared in, uh, we have seen them really talk about this idea of going from being lost and alone to being part of the family, part of the family. And some of you know that very well, right? You, you've been on the outside. You've been in that situation where you've been trying to do it on your own. But now, as you look at being here even this morning, you're walking into family. You're walking into that brother-sister relationship. You realize that you are now no longer orphaned, but that you are part of this beautiful family. That's what they were uh, working on in their own mind, fixating in their mind that now I am called a brother, sister. I am part of the family. It's interesting, too, that as you come to, to faith, you go from an aimless living of trying to gather and do things and uh, get things right in your own mind, but now, as you come to know Christ, you can now have purpose, and you see how this all comes together, how the Lord wants your life to matter because of your salvation and your connection with Him. It's not just this, but uh, He gives us a purposeful, quiet work to do. They have gone from the circumstances of this life, just things just sort of happen, to now following after the plan of God. You remember in both books, it speaks of the end of God's plan. 
as he brings things to conclusion. I want to encourage you that this morning, uh, I think he's going to bring some things together uh, for us that uh, will be helpful for us to understand uh, how it is that we can go on. And I hope for you this morning uh, that this would be a great encouragement for you, especially if you are weary, especially if you are struggling today. Uh, if you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you verses 13 through 15. Kevin, can you turn me down just a touch? Thank you. Um, as uh, we look to God's word, verses 13 through 15, God's word says this. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would guide our steps, that you would encourage our hearts, that you would keep us faithful until the end. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look to God's word this morning, um, I really only have two uh, points for you this morning, and then we will come back and have a longer conclusion, Okay. The first point is this, and I, I've titled it, Learning to Limp, Learning to Limp. Now, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. Have you, have you ever limped? You know, have you ever uh, had a pain that caused you uh, to not be able to walk as you want to walk? Uh, I've seen some of you do it out in the parking lot here uh, as you get out of your car. Uh, you know, there's something wrong, uh, but you're still moving. Let's look at the passage, and maybe you can connect with what I'm uh, sharing with you here this morning. He calls on them, and he says, that's for you brothers. And he, he reminds them, and I, I haven't talked about this in a while, though it's come up. Uh, this word brother, uh, Paul comes back to this over and over and over and over again in the book of First uh, and Second Thessalonians, both books, really. And you say, well, what's the big deal? The big deal is that now life is based on a new family. It's based on, it's not like the old life. It's based upon this family. And not just your relationship to one another, but your relationship to your father through his son, Jesus Christ. New relationship. And so now when he, Paul speaks to them, he says, I speak to you as brothers. I speak to you as family. It's interesting, uh, you know, there's been different scams even going on recently. My dad got a few a call uh, in the last year. Uh, he got a call. He picks up his phone, and someone on the other side says, "Hey, uh, it's Caleb, your grandson. It's Caleb." And he says, "Oh, you don't sound like Caleb." He says, "Grandpa, I've been in an accident," which was a tip-off in and of itself because my dad's German, and we don't call him Grandpa. We call him Opa. That would have been really interesting if they would have said, Opa, you know, uh, but th there was this call and and he really he knew it wasn't him. And so he he hung up and, you know, that, that was a scam. Why was he not concerned about whoever was on the phone? Because they weren't family. We have a family relationship. Often we, we look at one another, our, our wife 
our, spouse, our, our husband and we look at them and we say, because we are married, we talk to each other in a certain way. We call each other. We, we look to our children and we say, son or daughter, you're my son, you're my daughter. And, and as we grow up and as we, we see our siblings and we say, you're my sister, you're my brother, I speak to you in a certain way because I care, because we are connected. We are not just temporary friends. And so as Paul is wrapping up this letter, he says, brothers, I want to share with you about something. He says, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in doing good. When you hear that, you realize it's pretty strong. It's a command. It's a command. Uh, He's not suggesting, hey, it might go a little bit better for you if you don't grow weary. This is a command. Uh, I want to encourage you. uh, We're going to come back to commands in a little bit, but uh, I I want you to hear the commands of God. I think some of us are so independent that we read the Scripture and we see it as a bunch of suggestions for other people. We, We look at it and we say, well, you know, that... This doesn't take into account my life. Uh, he didn't know about me. He's talking to the Thessalonians, and, and this isn't about me obeying. And I want to tell you, it is. It's a command of God. I want to tell you that it's a command of God that's based upon your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because of your new relationship with him. Because Jesus has saved you, he's bought you with a price. Commands coming from him in his word, they, they are now for me. Once again, it's, it's this idea that says, I'm now family. And so as my Lord and Savior speaks to me, I realize that he owns me. And so as he commands, I must obey. I haven't gotten very far, have I? He says a command. I said, you know, it's based upon the brother uh, relationship, the family relationship, and it's a command. And then you hear what the command is. Listen to this command. It says, what? Do not grow weary in doing good. Do, Do not grow weary in doing good. You say, what is it to grow weary? Most of you know already, right? You read about it somewhere, right? Uh, some of us are prone to growing weary. We're prone to it. We're prone to uh, hurting so much that we want to quit. Uh, for some reason, we're prone to discouragement. I won't ask for a show of hands. Uh, it, it's interesting, if I would ask for a show of hands, many of you would raise your hand and some of you would go, huh, I'm not prone to that at all. Um, that's because you're oblivious, Okay. If you're not prone to discouragement, you're not listening, okay? You're not looking around, you're not listening. I'm not suggesting that you become weary. I'm just saying that, uh, that uh, life is filled with things to become weary about. As we look at God's word, this word weary is, uh, he's calling them to never tire, to never tire, to don't, uh, this idea, he says, so... How this is connected, it goes like this. He's calling them not to become weary, not to tire of doing that which is good, not to uh, tire. Why? Because when we tire, when we get tired of 
doing what's right, of following after the Lord, what happens? We quit. We quit. And so his call and command to them is to never tire, to not quit, to not give up, to not give in. That's his call to them. It's his call to you and to me this morning is that we would not quit, that we would not give up, that we would not give in. And in so doing, kind of the, the, the idea or the realm is doing good. It, it's the doing good is doing what God wants us to, the things that he's called us to, uh, to pray for one another, to serve one another, to, to praise him, to uh, obey him, even as I shared with the kids. The, this is what he's called us to do, and he's calling us to this good life that he has put out before us. And he says, don't get tired of it. Don't give in. Don't give up. This is the command. And as you, as you hear that, and I say command, some of you are going, but wait a minute. I'm not wanting to give up. I'm not wanting to get tired. I just do. I, I, I don't wake up in the morning and say, what can I get tired of this morning? It's there waiting for me. I wasn't talking about your kids, by the way. I wasn't talking about your kids. Uh, but, it, but it's this idea that says, some of, some of us struggle when we hear these as commands and we go, I don't get it. I'm not seeking to be tired. I'm, my life is just tiring. And some of you are arguing with me right now and you're going, Pastor, you don't know about my life. You don't know about my marriage. You don't know about my finances. You don't know about my health. You don't know about my situation with my kids. And, uh, you know, that it's just more difficult than you can imagine. And so that command is not for me. It's not for me. As we look at God's word, I want to tell you it is for you. It's for me too. Uh, it's a command that we would not tire of doing what God wants us to do. I want to give you something right now. Oh, this is so good. I hope, I hope that you understand. I hope that this is something that you just cling to. Back to the command thing. Now, uh, have, you, have any of you ever had an unreasonable boss? Unreasonable boss. Have any of you had an unreasonable boss? Some of you have been an unreasonable boss, okay? Uh, so you had an unreasonable boss, and uh, they give you your list of things to do, and you look at your list, and you go, there's no way I'm going to get this done today. And they just go, don't give me excuses, just do it. And you're like, that's ridiculous. And some of you feel like, uh, you know, you can imagine uh, uh, a father telling his son, and, and uh, it's, it's funny raising kids, because you, you don't really understand when it come out, you, none of us are born uh, with all the parenting things that we need. But you can imagine uh, if you're talking to your first grader, you're talking to your first grader, and you just say, you know what, I'm going to raise the bar for my first grader. You know, I'm just going to be a really hard parent, and then they'll be exceptional kids. Uh, and so you, you bring out the calculus book, and you throw it to your first grader, and you just say, learn it. Don't give me excuses. Just learn it. I want you to get this right now. This is very important. When you read the commands of the Scripture, when you, when you read them, know this, that they come from a loving Father. 
that come from him. And I, I, I want to just say it's not just from a loving father, but it's a, a loving, all-knowing father. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your capacities. He knows your insecurities. He knows everything about you. And, and not just that, he knows the resources that he has at his disposal for you. And so as you read the commands of God, know this, that if he commands us to do it, he knows that we have the resources to accomplish it. There's plenty of things out in this world where uh, people call us to that we, there's no way we can get there. There's no way. And you just go, I, I can't do it. You're, you're being unreasonable. I want to tell you, as you look to God's word and as you see a command of God, know this, that if he commands you to do it, he also knows that you can with the resources that he's provided. And so what does he say? Don't grow weary. And you say, no, I have to. I have to grow weary. My life is so difficult. I want to tell you, no, you don't. No, you don't. It's a command of God. God has also granted you that he knows you and he knows what you need not to grow weary. That's a great encouragement to me as I look to the scriptures. As I look to this idea of growing weary, I know that it's, it's real. And we're going to come back to this in the end. Um, but let's leave it for a moment and handle verses 14 and 15. My first uh, point was uh, learning to limp, learning to limp. Secondly, partners that aren't partnering. Verse 14 says this, If anyone does not obey what uh, we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with them, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Uh, it's important within the family relationship. Remember, we're family. We're brothers and sisters here. It's important uh, to connect people with the truth. It's easy to overlook. It's easy to say, I don't want to make waves. But as you look at the scripture, and really 2 Thessalonians and 1 Thessalonians bring this up like three or four different times. It's the idea of those who are disobedient and rebellious. And what does he say to do with them? Well, uh, he first of all says, mark and separate the rebellious. Mark and separate the rebellious. To, to, to take note of it, to not overlook it, but to take note of it and to separate from them. Say, so I, I, can't, I, I can't be with you right now. I can't, I can't overlook this. This is a, a problem between us. And you say, well, why? Why in a family would you do that? Why would you do that? Very, very, very important for their best interest, for them. He says uh, that as we go through this, spiritually mark them and separate from them. Um, the second thing I would say is he, he says for spiritual heat, if you will, that he may be ashamed, that he may be ashamed. If someone is rebellious and they're disobedient to the Lord and they're rejecting their good God, it's good for them to be uh, separated. It's good for them to say, we have an issue. Why? Because it, it brings shame upon them. I want to tell you, shame is good. 
Shame is good. When we do something wrong, disobedient, when we feel ashamed of it, that's good. That's meant to draw us to repentance. If uh, things went well when we did bad, uh, we'd keep doing it, right? And so he says spiritually mark them, but also that that would bring spiritual heat to their lives. And then lastly, uh, he reminds them that they would not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Uh, Because of uh, sins that we would commit, because of rebelliousness, that we want to put hand on both shoulders and in love, call them to repentance and say, why? Because you're a brother. You're not my enemy. You're my brother. And that's why this is so important. So we realize that in our midst here, we're always going to be struggling with partners that aren't partnering. Let's go back to the idea of that which makes us weary. When I bring up the word weary, things that make you tired, you all could come up with a pretty good list, right, of things that make you tired, uh, things that cause you to become weary spiritually. Maybe it's your work. Work. You, you know what's the problem with work? It's there every day, right? It's just constantly there, you know. And uh, how many of you get Sunday dreads? Somebody, Sunday dreads, yeah. You go back to work. Uh, we have some of that in our household. Not from me, uh, but from my kids who go to school. You know, they're, you know, about two, three o'clock, they start, you know, the cloud comes inside our house and uh, it follows around a couple of particular ones, but one in particular, it just follows around. Why? What's going on? What's, what are you? Oh, I got to go to school tomorrow. Uh, I wish that all kids could know that teachers feel the same way. Uh, uh, they dread going to school. They have Sunday dreads. Work is hard. Why? Because it's always there. You're never done. You're never done. There's, there's not a sense of uh, accomplishment that you can say, I don't, I don't need to do anything anymore. Some of you say, well, that's retirement. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen how some of you retire, right? Uh, painting what's been painted and repainting it and then repainting it again. And, you know, you've cut weeds that are just going to grow back. And, you know, there's, there, there's a sense of work that brings about weariness. Um, and, you know, really what makes us weary is another day of work, right? That you work hard one day and you still have to get up the next day and continue to work. Work can make us weary. Sin can make us weary. Sin can make us weary. The idea of struggling with the same sins over and over again. And you'll have maybe a momentary or a a season of conquering of sin, and yet that sin, as the Scripture describes, is just crouching at our door. And uh, as we struggle with sin, it makes us weary. It causes us to, to see ourselves as a failure over and over and over again. The weariness of sin. Some of you have the weariness of relationships where you're in some difficult relationships with family or friends or extended family that you just can't fix. You've tried. It breaks your heart and you've tried different things. You've tried different approaches and yet it's just there and you say, well, I'm done with them. I'm done with them. And uh, for a moment in time, you say, oh, I'm fine. But then when you think of them again, it brings on weariness again. The relationships that are difficult. 
For some of you, it's just the world, the world system. And if it is a world system, why are you watching the news all the time? You know, why are you, you listening? Why are you uh, commenting? And why are you involving yourself in this? Because I want to tell you, there is no sense of relief in the world. In fact, there's weariness. There's weariness. For some of you, it's death. Uh, you've lost a loved one and you think about them all the time and there's a sense of loss. I know some of that's true for some of you here this morning. It, it burdens and breaks your heart every day. For others of you, it's the second law of thermodynamics. You know which one that is? Your house gets messier the longer it goes on, right? You know, things fall apart over time. And you've been fighting against it, but it's just tiresome to fight, fight against it. I want to tell you, it happens in our church. You, you see things that are falling apart, and I want to tell you that they'll continue to fall apart unless we do something about it. It happens at our home. It happens in our families. Things will fall apart over time. It happens in our body, right? And as we look at this, the day in day, it's interesting. It, 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 it's not just usually one event. It's how it compiles, right? Uh, it, it's the idea that it's not just that your back hurts, but that it hurts and it causes other parts of you to hurt. Or maybe it hurts today and you say, I'll be fine, but it wakes up hurt. You wake up hurting the next day as well. And you say, well, I can handle this and you can handle this. And it gets to the point where you go, when is this going to end? causes you to become weary causes you to become weary it's, it's the idea of it compounding different issues in your life and and you say things like i don't know how much more i can take and maybe even you look at scripture like this and you say how can i do this command to not become weary in doing what god wants me to do i want to tell you that as as i've read through and thought through the book of First and Second Thessalonians, there's a few things in there that I think will, will be good for us to think about when it comes to us becoming weary. The first one is this. I have seven of them this morning. Yeah. I don't grow weary in listening to the pastor. How not to become weary from second, First and Second Thessalonians. First one is keep working. Keep working. You say, well, uh, if I'm weary of working, won't the idea of that I keep working, won't that be? Uh, no, it won't. Uh, if you want to become discouraged, don't do anything. Sit down. Quit. That will discourage you more than anything. And this is the idea of learning to limp, Right? Uh, to keep working, even when we want to quit, to keep working. The, the idea of learning to limp is, is this, that sometimes we don't look awesome, and that's okay. God knows. God knows. And, and I, I want to tell you that I've learned this from the Scripture, but I've learned it from some of you as well. You keep going. You keep going. You keep working. You keep doing what God wants you to do, not because it's easy and not because you have this bounce in your step. Some of you are dragging along, but you keep going. You keep working. 
Second point is to keep walking. Keep walking. And remember, we've talked about this word walking. Walking, Paul uses this over and over of the idea of living. Keep on living. Keep on living. It's the, the idea, some of us, you say, well, I'll get up, but I'm shutting down relationships. I'll keep going, but I, I'm not going to participate anymore. I want to tell you that as God gives you breath, He wants you to keep living. And, and for some of us, that's going to require adjustment, right? Uh, for those of you who uh, you have little ones and they're heading off to school, and you think your life is going to end. It's not going to end, but it's going to take an adjustment on your part. Uh, for, you know, the phases of life, uh, we're about ready to have another DMV driving test, okay? And that changes phases of life. That changes. And for us to be able to say, well, it's over. Living is not over. For others of you, you've sent off kids in your empty nest right now, and you go, what are we supposed to be doing? I want to tell you, you're supposed to be living right now. And it requires an adjustment on your part. Adjusting to what God is doing. Some of you have lost spouses and entered the years of retirement and struggling with health issues. I want to tell you, it requires an adjustment on your part. To ask the question, God, what do you want me to do to live? How, how do you want me to live right now? Because I know this is what you've called me to do. I want to tell you, as you do that, as you do that, it will be less weary, not more. If you say, forget it, I want to tell you, weariness will come and overtake you. Number three, as we look at what it is to not become weary, third one is, keep thinking with, with Jesus controlling you. Keep thinking with Jesus controlling you. This group of people, they had already lived life without Jesus. They've, they've done all kinds of things. But now, it was all about them thinking with Jesus controlling their mind. Some of our thoughts don't come from Him, and we need to acknowledge that. We need to ask the question, this isn't just about uh, what I want to do, what I think is best, but is this what Jesus would have me do right now? that He would be the one controlling our thoughts, that we would not become weary. Number four, uh, to remember, these last four are remembers, okay? Remember the end and its coming. It won't always be like this. In, in the book of First and Second Thessalonians, it comes up over and over again to the end time plan. And what that should do for the believer is to know this. There is an end coming. Why would that help you to not grow weary? What if this world would last forever as it is right now? Some, some of you have seen movies like that. And, you know, hey, what if I could stay young forever? And what if I could do this forever? And I want to tell you, that would be awful. That'd be awful. I, I want to tell you. What, what makes this life bearable, which causes us to not become weary, is that there's an end coming, and it is coming. It was close, uh, as he shared to, in history to the, that first church in Thessalonica, how much closer is it to us now? The end, and it's coming. To remember that in the midst of life. Um, 
fifth, I want to say this. Remember your hopeless past. Remember your hopeless past. Can you remember what it was to not know Jesus? Can you remember what it is to not walk with him? Some of you are here this morning and you are are living that right now. I want to tell you, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to. There's hope in Jesus. But for those of you who have trusted in Christ, I want to tell you that this will help you not to become weary. It's to remember your hopeless past. Remember it. What would life be like in your present struggles and weariness? What would it be like without Jesus? It is bearable, right? You can make it. You don't have to grow weary. Why? Because now you have Jesus. He gives perspective and energy for the things he's called you to be. To remember your hopeless past. And I want to tell you in that, praise and gratitude, right? God's been good to me. He's been good to me. He deserves all the praise for the life that I now have. Number six. Hasn't taken that long, has it? Number six. Uh, Remember this world is not our home. Remember this world is not our home. When you grow weary, uh, most of the time we're expecting, we we say, oh, it happened again. Like it's going to change. Like it's going to change. I want to tell you, this world will not change to be what we want it to be, he's taking us out of here. He's taking us out of here. And so don't expect uh, when your health deteriorates, when things don't happen politically that you want, when, when there's struggles in your home, don't expect, uh, no one ever told me that things would have problems in this life. I want to tell you, this world is filled with them. Uh, but thankfully, uh, we learn that this world is not our home. And then lastly, I just want to tell you this. Remember it is a command. It is a command that you not grow weary. It's a command. And what about a command? It comes from the one who saved us. He loves us so much. He understands everything about us. He knows our capacities, but he also knows the resources that are found in him that we could make it to the end without growing weary. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. I thank you for the blessing of your word. I pray that you would continue to guide us and direct us. Make us people who don't grow tired of following after you, of doing what's right. God, be good to us. Uh, you are. Your character is good. Help us to accomplish uh, this command. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed.